Praise his holy name because he's wonderful. He's just so amazing. We thank you, Jesus, that your presence is in this place this morning. It's living within us. We just can't contain so much love and so much power. Oh, it's just so wonderful to be here. There's such a joy. The atmosphere is just full of heavenly atmosphere. It's just wonderful. We, we praise the name of Jesus. We lift him up, our King, our Savior. Our Redeemer. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Uh, be blessed, be blessed this morning. We are very, very privileged to be here. We're greatly blessed because we can be in this place and know Jesus and have this relationship with God so close, you know. So many people, they're just still looking for answers out there. But we're so privileged that we can know God this way, you know. And what, what Pete was saying, Thank you, Jesus, because he made this possible. He made that bridge between the Father and us. And now we have our Father again. We have that relationship. We can call him Abba, Daddy. Daddy, we love you. So I just want to thank Jesus this morning. I want you to know you're blessed and privileged to know God in this amazing way. Amen. Amen. Um, so... I've been reading the Old Testament. Um, last year, I had the opportunity to share with a colleague uh, about Jesus. Um, he didn't grow up with his dad. He was, uh, he's been lost for a long time. He's 47 now. But the Lord just gave me that opportunity to pray and talk to him about Jesus. You know, he, he had heard about Jesus, but he didn't know Jesus. So it's been, it's been amazing to be able to uh, minister to this man. He's 47, you know, he almost doubles, but well, doesn't double my age, but in experience and life, uh, he, he, he should know more than me, shouldn't he? But the thing is, when we're with God, he, he just reveals so many things to us and he just fills us with so much wisdom that um, I felt prompted to, to talk to him and, and I've been ministering to him and he's been growing. Um, and last year I wanted to give him a Christmas gift. Um, so I went and bought some of these Bibles on the internet. It's called uh, Bible um, in One Year. Uh, and it's just a way to help you read, read the Bible uh, and, you know, have a word every day. And I ended up buying one for Luke, for my husband. And, and to be honest, I was thinking I could benefit as well as I bought it for him, you know, so it could be a bit of a double investment. Um, so I have been using it and I set myself um, um, a habit to eat the word as much as I possibly can. And this is really helping me, you know. This is from the, guys, uh, the guy that did the Alpha course. So it's just to help you walk in Jesus in a simple way, you know. It's simple, the gospel is simple. So um, I started reading this Bible. So every day um, you have a reading of the Old Testament and then one of the New Testament. Uh, but 
well, today is the 10th of February. I'm still on the 17th of January. So I haven't been doing really well. But it's simply because the Old Testament, there's so much, uh, uh, how can I say, like uh, power and revelation of God. And so I've been like really, really holding to this. And it's like I don't want to move on because every time I read it, I find something new and something that really touches me. And one of the things that, uh, that did really, you know, uh, catch me was the story of Jacob and Esau. Esau, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Jacob and Esau, they are the children of um, Isaac. Isaac was the child of Abraham. And we all know Abraham. We know uh, the promise that God uh, made to Abraham and all his descendants would be receivers of the promise. So Jacob and Esau come, Esau come in place of that promise. But this is quite a remarkable story because you can get so much out of it. <coughs> just to summarize a bit and we'll read just a tiny bit about it because it's really long. Um, Jacob and Esau, and Esau are twins. They were uh, children of Rebecca, who was Isaac's wife. And so they're twins. Uh, when there's twins, then there's always one that's going to come out first and the other. Even though it's the same date and the same time, there's one that's going to come first and the other. And the one that was supposed to come first was Esau. So Esau came out first of the womb. He was born first. So back, in, back then, uh, it was a birthright that the firstborn would carry the, would uh, take the promise, would take the promise. And I suppose it's a little bit like now with, say, uh, the royal family. So the next in throne will be William, because he's the first one. He's uh, um, before Harry. Yeah, so he's the oldest, so he would get that birthright. So Esau was supposed to have that birthright. And what was the birthright? That he would uh, um, lead a land. He would be, you know, he would, he, he would carry on with the promise that God made to Abraham, which was that he would, um, he would make him a father of many nations. And he would prosper the land, and they would serve him and everything else. But um, things didn't work out quite like that. So there's that promise from God to Abraham. But things did not work out exactly like that. And this is what I really, really found uh, amazing about this story, that God gave a promise to Abraham. But God didn't say how, or God didn't say who. Who was going to fulfill the promise? Because God is sovereign, and he decides how and when and who with. So um, Esau, had, um, so Esau was supposed to be the one next in, in, the, in the promise. But then Jacob was a man that was hungry for the promise. That was the difference. Jacob was. He understood the promise. So what happens in the story is that Jacob ends up taking the promise. And how would the, the promise develop? Through the blessing of his father. So as they grow up, 
Iso develops skills in the hunting, and he's more of a wild man, whilst Jacob is a lot more peaceful. He's more, he likes to stay in the tents. Um, and one day, um, Isaac, as he was getting older, he asked Iso, who was his favorite, to go out and hunt um, animals so that he could cook, he could uh, feed him a nice stew that he used to enjoy. So Iso goes and obeys his dad. But in the meantime, Rebecca hears that uh, Jacob has, uh, has asked Esau to go and do this so that he can get the blessing. And, and, she, and she kind of comes in the story to kind of twist things a little bit there. Because Jacob said to Esau, go and get me some food because I'm getting old and I'm going to bless you. Before I die, I want to give you what you are meant to have. As Rebecca hears this, she goes and tells uh, Jacob. Jacob was Rebecca's favorite. But there's also um, a very important point in there, and it's that God had told Rebecca when she was pregnant that as she had twins, there would be two nations divided already in her womb. The, the younger brother would serve the older. My point here is that there, there was a promise. There was a promise from God. The story is just elements, you know. The, the, the people are just elements of the promise. What really matters is what God is about to do um, to fulfill his promise. And that's why it really touched me, that story, because I realized that God is so faithful to his promises. He decides how he does it, but he is faithful. And, and we don't know why he ended up choosing Jacob. I believe that Jacob was a man hungry for God, and Jacob knew what it meant to receive that blessing. And when you're hungry and you know that you can get something, you'll do whatever it takes to get it. And that's what happens with the promises of the Father. When you know the gifts, as Peter was saying, when you know what's waiting for you, you'll go and get it. You'll go and get it. And that's what happened with Jacob. So we're going to read a little bit now just to draw you a bit more into the story. Uh, what actually happened, as Rebecca says to Jacob, go and pretend to be your brother Esau because your father is ready to give him the blessing. One thing I have to mention is that uh, Isaac, uh, was losing his sight, so he couldn't really see. But if we go to Genesis 27, 18, we can understand a little bit better what happened there. So, <clears throat> Genesis 27, 18. Uh, so this is Jacob. Uh, so he went into his father and said, my father, and he said, here I am, who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat off my game so that you may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, 
How is it that you have found, have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come near that I might feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son, Esau, or not. So Jacob went up to his father Isaac, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's, Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, bring it to me that I might eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it to him and he ate. And he brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him and he smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Curse be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. So we get a little bit more of a picture of what actually happened, how Jacob ends up uh, disguising as Esau because he wanted uh, the blessing. Uh, and I'm just gonna read a little bit. Um, I don't have the scripture, but uh, this is what the Lord said to Rebecca. Um, two nations, oh sorry, it was Genesis 25, 22, 33. Uh, it says, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. Amen, Amen. That's, that's better. <laughs> uh, so it was testing by the Lord. You see, that's what he said to Rebecca. So the, 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 the story had a bit of a twist because it, would have, it should have been Esau. By law, it should have been Esau who received the blessing. But as I was reading that story, and that's what I said to you, that's why I had to stop there. Because what I realized is that when God gives you a promise, and you take that promise, you have to trust that the promise will be fulfilled. This is the tricky part for us, that there's always a twist, that we always think that it's gonna go one way or the other way, and then it doesn't, and then you're like, oh God, what happened? If you told me this, you promised me this, and now we were going straight, now we're going in zigzag. But this is the thing that you can learn, that the nature of God is to be faithful. He's not faithful because of what I do, of what I say, but he's faithful because he's faithful to his word. That is his nature. That is his nature. So the thing is, is it's just a way to, um, to show you that 
from the beginning of the times, God has been the same. God has been the same, and we are the descendants of Abraham. We are the descendants, so we still have the same rights. We have the same rights, but there's been a twist in the story, and it's that through Jesus, we're all, we're all deserving of the promise. I don't have to be this, the, the, the daughter of the queen or of their loyalty in Colombia. Or I already have royalty, royalty, because I am my, my king, my, my Jesus. He's my brother. He gave his life for me, and he reunited me with my father. So we are all uh, deserving of the promise, you know? And again, as I was reading this, I was just thinking, um, there was also a criteria to, to qualify for the promise. So I assume sometimes they needed, the, the men needed to be strong and you know, wild and hunter because they would have to be prepared to fight. Um, so there was like all these criteria as well. But God doesn't look at that criteria. God just looks at your heart. Are you hungry for the promise? Do you really want the promise? And I just gotta speak for myself because I wanna keep this uh, speaking real. You know, uh, I love the story, but my story is so real because this is how I, I got to, to know what I know and I can speak the way I speak because I didn't have any criteria. When I was 17, 18, I went the wrong way. I went uh, through, uh, as they call, going off the rails, the drinking, the partying. But my mom had been given a promise, actually. When I was in her womb, um, and she wasn't a Christian at the time, but she loved the Lord so much, and she still does to this day. And I am the way I am because she's told me how to pray and how to you know, give it all for him. Uh, but apparently, I was in my feet in the womb, so I wasn't, my head wasn't downwards. It was my feet. I was standing up in her womb already. And a midwife, she was Christian, and she said, your daughter is gonna be very blessed and she's gonna be a servant of the Lord. And I couldn't believe it when she said that, when my mom was telling me that, because what does it have to do that I'm standing in the womb? What, well, is the fact that the thing is that you're predestined to be something, to be someone for the kingdom of God before you, you were formed in your, in, in your mother's womb. So there was a promise, you know, and then she, my mom was a little bit worried because she thought, oh, she's going off the rails. She's nobody recognized me. You know, I was lost and oh, I'm looking for love and I'm looking for acceptance. And then one day, you know, I just encountered Jesus. So I didn't feel like I could qualify to be here standing today. I didn't think I did, but you know, I had a promise. And it was that if I believe in Jesus and if I declare with my, if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord, I will be saved and I could be called a daughter of the, of the highest almighty God. You know, I believe in the promise. I believe in the promise. And, and there's that twist. And you know, even after I became a Christian, it didn't stop there. There's always a twist, you know. Uh, 11 years in this country now, and before I came, I gave my life to Jesus. Uh, I was desperate for change. I was desperate to know him. I still am. But um, I thought, oh, it's all going to work fine. I'm going to go and live in England and get married and fairy tale afterwards. And, and it hasn't been like that. It hasn't been like that. But 
<laughs> but just being honest, uh, it's been better. Do you know why? I told you why it's been better. Because I came to know God in the most amazing way. I learned to lean on Him. I learned to depend on Him. And just know that if I have Him, I have everything I need, you know? Amen. 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 And you just have to be hungry for the promise. You just, you just have to forget that you are, that you used to be a thief, that you used to be a drug addict, that you, you have to forget about all that. Like Ben was saying last week, um, God doesn't remember your sins because that's why he sent Jesus, you know, just so that it could be erased. And now you could be made a new creature. So you have to, you have to be, free of that mindset. Oh, I'm not good. Oh, I'm not good at speaking. I'm not good at singing. He doesn't care so much about that. God doesn't care so much about that. God cares about your heart. Do you want him? Do you really desire him? This is what he wants. And I tell you what, that was my, my, um, my strength that I just wanted him so badly. I just really want him. Hallelujah. You see, I'm like in so much joy because um, I held into that. I held on to that. And bringing my mom back to the story, um, she taught me about the promises. She always would tell me, This is what God said. If you do this, this is what God promises. And I just walk onto those promises, you know. God said, um, seek, the, seek the kingdom of heaven. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. And everything else will be added. And I live by that promise. I live by that promise. Jesus said to me, if you believe in me, you will see the glory. And I've seen the glory so many times. So real. So, so real. So you have to forget about that you're no good. In fact, you are more than qualified. And you know why? Because if you used to be a sinner, that's what Jesus is looking for. He's looking for sinners so that he can make them new. So you do qualify. We all qualify, in fact. We all have the criteria. You just got to be hungry. You just got to go and, 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 and get, hold, hold on to that. Hold on to that. Then the other thing that happens is, with that little twist in the story, there's going to be situations that are going to bring fear and, and the unexpected is going to come. But one thing you can be sure about that, even when something unexpected comes, God's promise is still the same. Because God doesn't change. God is not a human. God is not a man. And if he said it, he will fulfill it. And the other thing is that because he is our father, you've got to know that he is a good father. And that maybe Jacob had to uh, pretend to be his brother and he, he deceived his dad. But there was a reason for that. But there's also a reason for you to go through the things you're going through. There is a purpose. That's what's going to take you to the promise, you know. Up to this day, um, we remember these people. We remember the descendants, our descendants. And this, this book is filled with all the amazing things that God did. 
because of his promises, because these people believed in God's promises, because he's faithful to his promises. So even if there's a little bit of fear, which we, no, nobody likes fear, we don't like uncomfortable situations, we don't like um, the unknown, but uh, you can be assured that as you are now a child of God, your father is gonna look after you because he is good, he is a good father. I think a lot of you can think right now of one situation or one moment when you were in a very difficult time, but all you saw was God's goodness and faithfulness. Even when you had been unfaithful, he was still faithful. He was still faithful because he says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. So even if you, if you still try and deviate from, from his ways, he doesn't deviate, he still has struck. He's, it's all written, it's all written. One, one day when we see Jesus coming again, we, we will see why that was supposed to happen. We, we will understand, in fact, as I stand here today, I already understand why I had to go through so many things, why I had to endure all that pain, why I had to endure suffering, because suffering will just build my faith and will make me strong in Jesus Christ and I would learn to lean on him. And, he, and then I would speak, you know, with so much passion and, and understanding and I would just continue to live the, the life that he's promised me. So he is a good father. He is our father in heaven. And, and he also, because of his good nature, uh, everything God, God does is good. Everything he does is good. If you think about it, think of Genesis. So from the darkness, he created the whole universe. Just think of your own bodies. Think of every little vein, every little artery, everything. From nothing, from nothing, from a little tiny thing in your mom's womb. He made you so perfect, so beautiful, so wonderful. Everything he does is good. So we can be assured that even we're on the way to the promise and there's a twist and there's a bit of wilderness on the way, things are going to work for good because that's what the word says. Everything that happened to the children of God work for good. You can stay assured about that. There's this, this one thing that God asks from us, you know. For a promise to be fulfilled, there must be an action from one or one of the people in the promise. You see, uh, Abraham. Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son Isaac. But God had a promise about that. So he trusted the Lord. He didn't understand it. He didn't know why God was asking him for that. But there was a promise that God had made to Abraham. So he went and did it. So sometimes there's an action that we need to take, whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual. We need to act as well. And you know the story with Abraham. He used to, call, he used to be called Abram, but God changed his name to Abraham because he said, you're going to be the father of many nations. And up to this day, even when we were praying earlier, our brother said, our brother there, you said it, we are the seed of Abraham. Amen. We are the seed. So those rights of Abraham are still our rights, but even better because now we have Jesus. And now we have what comes with having Jesus in your life. All that power, 
the Holy Spirit. You know, you can do even so much more than these people used to do back in the day. So sometimes if there is a promise, there needs to be an action from you. Uh, I'll always mention this because this has been an amazing thing that's happened to me. When I was going through my situation of the driving, he just said, be still and know that I am God. Yeah. I was trying to work it out, going to Google, going through this person, trying this. I was even going to try hypnotherapy and I thought, what am I doing when I can just go to him? And his supernatural power can do what I can do in the natural. Yeah. And he just said, go there, do it by faith, because I am with you. And be still, be still, be still, and you will know that I am God. And I am God. And you know, amazing, amazing, because I've just been driving like nothing's happened. Like nothing ever happened to me. I mean, it's a few witnesses here. Andrew, you've always been quite complimentary because you saw me struggle. And a lot of people saw me struggle. And I didn't do it by myself. It was because he told me to just wait and trust him trust him. So there needs to be action. The promise is there. There's a promised land on the other end, but you need to walk. You need to do something about it. Like Peter was saying, the gift is there, but unless you open it, you're not going to get it. Amen. Amen. I just really want to read um, a word here because Sometimes the, the promise can be about yourself. The promise can be about someone else. The promise can be about a situation. But in all things, knowing that God is good and that everything he does is good and that he's faithful to his promises, we can stay confident. Philippians 1.6, it says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. You can be assured that if you're sleeping away, that if you kind of coming out of the way, God's ways, you can stay assured that God's not, God doesn't have you out of his radar. He hasn't forgotten what he promised you. He hasn't, parents, parents, he hasn't forgotten what he promised you about your children. He hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't forgotten that you've been praying for healing. He hasn't forgotten because he said, I'll send my son and by his stripes you will be healed. You need to believe that. You need to believe that. So the, the, the promise can be about someone else, but we can stay assured here that the good work that he starts, he finishes. He always finishes. In seven days, he created the whole universe. Everything that we see, God created it. If he did all that in seven days, can you imagine what he can do for you? What is your situation in front of him? Absolutely nothing. He says, is there anything too difficult for me? Absolutely nothing. You see, we got to come to this place of standing in a faith where we know that God is well above what we comprehend as humans. we got to go and just... If we have to sit down and say, wow, if God created the universe in six days, how much more can he, not he do for me? How much more? 
You know, you can't, you, you gotta stand in that faith because it's not about what you do, it's about who he is. And that's why he's so confident of the things he says. He just, he just doesn't promise out of, you know, like spontaneously. He knows why he, he, he says the things he says. He says he's got good plans for us, plans to prosper. He says he will give us eternal life through Jesus Christ. We can't stay assured. Any situation, you know, a few weeks ago, you saw my husband coming here. It's been a long time praying for him. But do you know why I haven't let go? Because I have a promise from the Lord. And I remind him of the promise, Lord, I and my house will serve you. I and my house will serve you. I don't want to let go. I don't want to let go. I didn't want to let go of the driving. I did not want to let go. Because I know what God can do. I've seen too many times God's glory, you know, from getting me out of hospital, rescuing me from the darkness where I was living. Every single day I have a testimony to tell about God's goodness. He is my father, good father, faithful and loving. And what really strikes me is that even when I am not that loving towards him, or even when I get busy with other things, he still loves me and he still is faithful. And that's so wonderful. That's such a wonderful thing, you know. Ronnie was talking about, Ronnie Moore was talking about grace. I think this is almost the same thing, that even when you don't respond to that, he still responds, not because of who you are, but because of who he is, his love. He's just loving himself. That's why when we're here, we just feel the love just flowing through us and the joy and, like me, you can't stop talking after that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful to know God. I thank God for the twist. I thank God for the twist in my promise, in the many promises that he's got for me. I thank God that I've had to go through the things I've had to go through. Maybe I wouldn't have known him like I do if I hadn't gone through those things. But I wouldn't be so filled with joy and life and compassion and, and just love for others. If it wasn't for those things, you know, I held on to my father. I held on to him and I hold on to his promises. And it was absolutely wonderful to see uh, my husband, who you know and many of you have been praying for, to see him here just asking me, do you want to come forward for prayer? He asked me, you have no idea how many times I tried to convince him that if he crossed this line here, that we all get a bit scared to go, <laughs> to go through. He didn't know what was going to happen when you're coming here. I remember when I started coming to the church, I just wanted to testify because um, I wasn't sort of in the best place. Um, my health, everything was going a little bit um, bad. But I just wanted to come and testify because the fact that I was breathing another day, that was enough testimony for me to stand here and say, thank you, Lord. I just want to tell people what you've done for me today. That was enough. So that really built me to stand here and to say, God did this for me. If he did it for me, he can do it for you, and he can do it for you, and he can do it for all of us in the name of Jesus. So it was wonderful to be standing here, and then he holds me by the hand, and he says, do you want to come forward? So he invited me. I've been praying for little things like that to happen, and it was wonderful to see after the service so many of you saying, wow, <laughs> that was really nice to, to see because we know, you, you know him. And, and, and just, that's just one little thing, like the car, you know, like so many other things. God, 
God has been so faithful in my life. And he's faithful to all of us because he loves us. He loves us with unbelievable love, you know. And again, as you go back to Abraham, um, there's one thing that God asked from, from Abraham. I will be your God. I will be your God. You know, I'm not, I, I don't have children yet, but I think when, when I have them one day, I think I just want them for me. <laughs> When my children, I will protect them and I will look after them because I, won't, I don't want anything to happen to them. But that's the same thing with God, you know, and um, I don't know this scripture very well in English because I only about three years ago, I started reading the Bible in English. I used to read it in Spanish. It was easier for me to grab, but now I realize why I had to also learn it in English. You know, I would have to preach in the language of this country. So I'm trying to learn, but there's a scripture in, oh, I can't remember the, the exact bit, but it says, um, if you being evil, you still want the best for your children. Can you, somebody help me with that one? If you still being bad, you want to give the best to? Thank you. Amen, amen. So if we as humans, we still want to give the best to our children, to our loved ones, how much more the Father in heaven won't give us? He says, Who the, which father that his son asks for bread will give him a stone or a snake? You know, that's, that's, that's what he wants. He wants to give us the bread. He wants to give us the life. He wants to give us the treasures of his kingdom. His promise, his promise that when Jesus when Jesus Christ comes back, we're going to go with him and we're going to be in the new Jerusalem, in the new city where there's no sorrow, when there's no sadness, where there's only glory and, and there's no moon, there's no sun, because God's glory is big enough to, to brighten up the whole place, the whole place, the whole place. There's one thing he asks from us. It's just really, really simple. Stay with me. That's what he says. Believe, believe in me, believe in me. I want to be your God. I don't want to share you with anybody else. I don't want you to worship other gods. I don't want you to um, go and pray to other things. Stay with me. That's what he was saying to Abraham. I will be your God. I'll, I will give you this. I will give you descendants. I will give you more descendants that you can count in the sky, the stars. But stay with me. This is the thing that God is asking from us. As a good father that he is, stay with me. Even when the twist comes, when the, you can see the promise, but you can see it so far away, and, and the, the, the way looks a bit rocky, stay with me. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. That's all he's asking. And one way to, to, to manifest that to God is through prayer. It's through prayer. When you pray, you are agreeing with God that he, only he can do what you can't do. That's what prayer does. It gives God authority to come and do what he's already established to do. You have to give him the authority. If you stay with him, pray. Pray, 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 pray. Because prayer is that confirmation. Yes, God, I believe you. Yes, God, I believe in that promise that you said that if I believed, I would see your glory. I agree with you. And it says that our prayer should always finish with in Jesus' name. That is the guarantee that that prayer is going to be answered. 
we don't know in which way, but he always answers in the best way because he knows. He always knows the best for his children. Amen. Amen. We can stay ashore. We can stay ashore. It is, it is, a, it is a gift. It is a great gift that we, got. We, we, we have this relationship with our Father and that we can stay ashore, that we're going to be well, that we're looked after, that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And that we're going to go and meet him one day face to face. When you're ready, when you're perfectly finished, you're going to go and meet with him face to face and you live with him for eternity. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I really feel um, compelled or prompted to ask a few people if they want to testify of any promise that God gave you. And if you want to come and, and, and share that, because we need encouragement. What I'm doing here is just to encourage one another. It's just, I just want to tell you that, that God can do that for you. And you've been praying for that. God, God can do it. God, God promised you that. He will do it. Stay with him. It's just about encouraging each other. So I don't know if anybody's got a testimony, a, a promise that you were given. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Mr. Microphone. Go on and it might be a bit of encouragement for you, my lady. I don't know your name, but it'll be a bit of encouragement for you if you listen to what I'm going to say to you. I've got two hearing aids. Right, but listen. Bless your heart. <laughs> I wear hearing aids. I've been born with deafness. I passed my driving test a lot of years ago in a car. Just for six months now. I've been learning to do the motorbike. You can't have an instructor beside you. My instructor was behind me in an intercom that just, just about I can hear. But it was very hard. I made a lot of mistakes and a lot of dangerous mistakes. And he put me in a test where it was number one hardest place to be, and that was in Enfield. This cancelled me because I didn't have a double booking. So I had to do another test, and they put me in Basildon, which is the third hardest test centre to pass. So I did it. I failed the first one. And then I went for the second one. And I said to the Lord, Lord, that's the third time. No more after the third time. I promised my wife, no more after the third time. Because if you can't do it first time, can't do it second time. As the old Titus says, if you tell them once, you tell them twice, have no more to do with it after the third time. That's what Titus says. So I did it. I wrecked it. I totally wrecked it. I felt I failed. I felt I did everything wrong under the book. I'd left the indicator on. I'd left jumping out, people jumping out in front of me. I panicked. I did everything I thought, and I goes, let's just get this over with and get back to the centre. When he said to me, this is what he said to me, the examiner. This is what he said to me. Did you enjoy that? I said, no. 
Well, I'm pleased to say that you passed. I said, are you joking or what? I said, you're joking. And he said this, you are a person who is willing to learn. Do you see what I'm saying? So when you learn from God, as Julie just said, when you read the book about the yearly Bible, I read it every morning. I read three chapters before I get to venture Street every morning. That's the promise what God always gives you. You might not ever understand what you're reading, but God will reveal it later on. I wanted to be a biker when I was a young kid. My mum stopped me. She got me driving lessons instead. But God never forgot the promise what he had. I am now 52 this year. I've got a motorbike license, I've got a car license. God always gives you the promise.